get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host from up the coast, practically unknown outside of comedy soundcasting, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Salutan, estas me, Tyson Saner, welcoming you to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. The soundcast that features clips from other soundcasts that have something to do with comedy. I swear to you. That is to say that all of the soundcasts featured in nearly every episode of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, will be comedy related in some way. I cannot stress that enough. Or maybe I can, and or have. It's hard to tell without feedback. Did I mention there are clips? For your consideration tonight, we've got clips from Ear Biscuits, Science Fiction Rating System, Am I an Asshole, Comedy Pop-Up Podcast, The Kevin and Bean Show from K-Rock, and Hello from the Magic Tavern. I should point out that even though those last two sounded very similar to each other in one particular way, that Hello from the Magic Tavern is the entire name of the show, rather than the show called Hello from a group called the Magic Tavern. We've also got a double burst of Durst from Raging Moderate Will Durst, another reading from TrumpPoetry.com, and there may or may not be time for a Henderson's Pants ad. Let's find out, shall we? Before we get into the clippage, we're going to lead with our first burst of Durst for the evening. From September 13th, 2018, the GOP Hokey Pokey, in which our intrepid correspondent tackles the dance world, totally alien to him considering he has two left feet. Hey guys! Will Durst here with a few choice words about the current dance craze sweeping the Republican Party. It's called the Donald Trump Two-Step, and it's pretty simple. Take one step forward, turn right, turn righter, then one step back. Kind of like the twist meets the hokey pokey with a heavy emphasis on the hokey. There's an election coming up, and the threat of a blue wave is spooking conservatives like cobwebs in a closet with the lights on after midnight. The question is whether to slow dance with the president or to waltz away so far they can't even see him due to the curvature of the earth. You know, like Democrats have done with Nancy Pelosi. The difference being, she's a little more ignorable. The president thinks he's John Travolta and can't help discoing himself into every single spotlight event, including hurricanes. And GOP candidates have to decide if they want to insult his base or the intelligence of normal human beings. Hence, the development of their limbo dance of shame. Whenever he shoots out a crude tweet or says something demonstrably false or acts with an oafishness normally attributed to drunken grizzly bears, they gravely announce being mildly offended and issue a statement that sort of but not really criticizes his behavior, then claim to be satisfied with his intention to make amends even if he hasn't said anything to that effect. It's the Oval Office Apprentice Jig, where you bounce up and down and move in and out and keep bopping and weaving so as to never allow yourself to be pinned down to any specific opinion. The good news is, this slam dance marathon will only last another seven weeks. The bad news is, many are going to drop, either from exhaustion or by tripping over their own feet. Or even better, his. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Leading the pack in the number one position is Ear Biscuits by Rhett and Link. The description reads, 
Join Red and Link, hosts of the popular daily YouTube show Good Mythical Morning and authors of the New York Times bestseller Book of Mythicality in a candid weekly conversation for your internetainment. Yes, 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 Red and Link refer to themselves as internetainers. This clip is from episode 155 called When is Fun Too Dangerous? It was released August 6th, 2018. And in it, Rhett and Link sit down to discuss when fun stops being worth the risk, dangerous hobbies they used to partake in, and the time Rhett almost went down with the SS Merle. I have always talked to my wife about how at some point, you know, when I'm in my second midlife crisis, I would like to learn how to fly a plane. And she's like, you can't fly a plane because it's super dangerous to fly a plane. And her parents were actually, and she was there too, she was one year old. They had to take an emergency trip up to Detroit when uh, my father-in-law's father was shot. Um, and they had to go to see him in the hospital. And they took, they like chartered a private plane. And they're coming back from uh, the trip, coming back into Raleigh. And it's just the pilot and the my mother and father-in-law and then Jess and Jesse and I guess Ashley, uh, her sister was there. They clipped uh, a power line coming in and it, a crash landing that was no one got seriously hurt. I don't think anybody got even maybe just just some bumps and scratches or whatever bumps and bruises. But so she's been in a plane crash. My wife has been in a plane crash, and then we know people who've had people die in plane crashes, whatever. So interestingly, yeah, but a, but the so, stats are on her side because so. Travel by car is many times more deadly uh, per mile than commercial air travel. However, general aviation, uh-huh. which is a broad category but does include private planes, small planes, is many times more deadly per mile than car. So general aviation is roughly 20 times more dangerous per hour than driving. Ouch. So she's actually right. Hopefully, good thing she doesn't listen to this podcast because flying ain't I am easy. Still, well, I still want to be a pilot at some point. But the thing about motorcycles is, and I'm not riding with you after hearing this. I'm out. You know, we're talking about things like bungee jumping or skydiving and trying to weigh is the is the fun worth the danger? But for most people, none of those things would even be considered fun. I mean, it's like. Hey, let's strap a rubber band to your ankles and dangle you off of off a cliff, no, uh, off a bridge. No, better yet, why don't you jump and then look like you're going to do a face plant and then bounce back and forth a few times? Won't that be fun? But and you might die. A motorcycle is a fun choice. So, a motorcycle seems fun. And before, I would say go karting is something that seemed really fun until I did it the last time we did it. And daggone, if my back and neck wasn't hurting so bad, I'm like, it. I don't think it would could kill me, but it could it could maim me. Like you could easily be maimed in the in the back or neck region from from go karting at those aggressive speeds. And Just from like tight corners and bumps, we're getting rear ended. Don't you remember? Oh, you mean in the oh oh you're I'm talking ta- about I'm talking about the go kart racing thing inside the place. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about the go-kart that you bought for your family that you guys did on the road for like 24 hours and then you oh, sold yeah. it. Yeah, they didn't They didn't go for that. I did buy one of those, yeah. I was like, that is the most unlink neil like thing ever. He bought a go-kart. Yeah, from my neighbor. Um, and then you sold it. Because Lincoln was afraid to drive it. 
he, he probably was on to something. Yeah. But okay. Let, but, I, so so I I thought go karting would be fun, and now I'm I'm like it's not worth the danger given how I want to keep my body in in working order. A hundred percent agreed. You can collectively reach Rhett and Link at Rhett and Link on Twitter. R h e t t a n d l i n k. You can reach Rhett McLaughlin specifically at Rhett M C. That is R h e t t M C. And you can reach Link Neal at Link Lamont. L i n k l a m o n t. Right. Right. Next up tonight, science fiction rating system by Sam Draper. Its description reads, join Sam, Alex, and Chris as they rank every science fiction film ever. Three films an episode are discussed and added to the ranking until we run out of films. See the current list at sciencefictionratingsystem.com. This clip is from episode 66, where they discuss the science fiction classic, Them, released July 31st, 2018. Its description reads, for a second year running, we celebrate Bug Week, this time with the help of some giant ants. In a wide-ranging episode... We dissect the film itself and also get into projection techniques, an in-depth ant quiz, the wonder of a Victorian man in Hollywood, and much, much more. Note, we had a bit of technical trouble whilst recording, so if Chris and Sam seem to be laughing for no reason, it's because Alex sounded like an alien trapped in a washing machine for much of the podcast. Luckily, his voice is super sweet and clean for the listeners. Roll clip. We, we, we open, we're in New Mexico. Uh, there's a plane. There's a lost girl. And there's two state troopers, uh, Ben, uh, and what's the other one called? He's called... Ken? No, he, I've got it. Uh, Ed, Ben and Ed. And there's a little girl kind of roaming the desert on her own, holding this smashed doll. And I, I thought, as a setup, <laughs> I quite liked that. I thought, yeah. It's quite creepy, isn't it? It's quite a horrible... It is quite creepy, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of horrible. And they find the girl, and then they take her, and they find their... Uh, they find where she came from, which was a uh, a uh, mobile home, which that wasn't cave. A terrible acting school in <laughs> New <laughs> yeah, Mexico, East, East Hollywood. Uh, yeah, um, they they say about the mobile home, it wasn't caved in, it was caved out. Don't you think though? The first question you should be asking there is, what is this family doing, living in the middle, absolute middle of nowhere, in this little weird mobile home? Yeah, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'll be asking questions about, like, this kid's been traumatised by something, it probably wasn't giant ants. Mm, yeah. Well, true. True. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's quite creepy, isn't it? That bit when she's in the back of the ambulance and you hear the weird noise and she just sits up. That's quite creepy. Mm. Yeah, it's well done. Good good intro, definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's quite well done. So um, was that family living in a nuclear test facility? They're on the edge of it, aren't they? He mentions, doesn't he, that, like, it was long enough ago that it's kind of yeah. moved on oh, or something. Right, yeah, the it? desert's yeah. okay. The desert's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because all the plants and trees seem all right. Yeah, yeah, they've grown, not not mutated, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's a weird girl, so that's one thing they investigate, and then they investigate Johnson's General Store. Uh, and it's night time now, and that wasn't pushed in; that was pushed out, just like the trailer. So you're getting yeah. the idea that there's some things are going on, some weird stuff. Um, there's also some sugar in his in his trailer, isn't there? In the uh, some really leery like students <clears throat> yeah. going to buy stuff and then kicking the door out. Yeah, you know this pu- pushing out thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we meant to think the ants have come through the floor? I guess I don't know why they say it so much because they really no hole. No, they're they're no. in the fridge, <laughs> eat, eating the like the uh, the dairy lee, and then they got all radiation on them and they blew. They grew. 
I don't think they were small. Wait, wait a minute, you think they grew whilst in whilst the Whilst in the shop. They went in as normal and came out. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed a bit like they kept going about this whole like yeah. pulled in and pulled out thing. And I was like, well, it doesn't make any sense because the ant's no. bigger than the trailer. I, mm. I don't know if it's just a kind of MacGuffin at this point because this is quite a big investigation bit, isn't it? It's trying to keep you yeah. on your toes. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, they split Ant's up, mate. don't they? Ben, <laughs> yeah, Ant's here. Ben and Ed split up and Ed gets left behind and then he goes out oh, and no. he, he gets killed quite horribly by something. <laughs> That's what he says. That's pretty. That's a yeah. good impression. It's um, pretty good. We cut to part two, which I've called a fantastic mutation. Oh, which is a quote. Yeah. Um, but the police have got together and they think something weird's going on, don't they? Uh, they look like New York cops in their uniforms. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, Driving around like it's a cop show. It's, it, it, what I found odd was that this cop Ben, who's obviously quite tortured by the death of Ed, his partner. He manages to stay in the film the whole way through. Why? Wouldn't it gets to surely the film progresses to a level where a, a state trooper from New Mexico is not really needed anymore? They always yeah. do this in in disaster movies though, because we had a fucking limo driver in 2012. <laughs> That's true. You know the bit when Ben starts walking around in a suit and starts smoking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. If I was that FBI bloke, I'd be like, Ben, know your place. Put your fucking uniform on. <laughs> you know, this, you're not meant to be plain clothes, mate. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Also, his partner dying. That bit, the guy in charge is like, he says something like, oh, well, uh, it's a shame about whatever, he's probably dead. And that's the last you hear about it. No one goes to investigate what's happened to him, just assume that... that it's a different that time. Dead. It's yeah. a different time. <laughs> the, uh, the guy that... It's, it's funny you say that about the, the, the Ben character. He wore lifts in his shoes to compensate for the height difference between him and the FBI guy. Oh, and, wow. it, and it was also noted that he employed bits of business, hand gestures and motions... So that it appeared to draw the attention all the time as well. So mm. he was obviously uh, maybe he wasn't even meant to be that far in the film. Maybe he was meant to go, and he just had a, you know, the year of the director. I don't know. I just think it's a common trope in disaster movies. They always mm. have like a, a small man, small man's journey. Yeah, true, true. It happens in Independence Day as well. True. Yeah. Which is this kind of, you know, there's, there's echoes of uh, in, this in Independence Day, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, everything is ripping this off, isn't it, really? If you like what you heard, you can like them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SF Rating System. Follow them on Twitter at SF Rating System, which is S-F-R-A-T-I-N-G-S-Y-S-T-E-M, and Instagram at Science Fiction Rating System. And you can send an email at science fiction rating system at gmail.com in the tertiary position am i an asshole by rosie guarino and jackie viscusi in which comedians jackie viscusi and rosie guarino plus a special guest dig deep with their resident therapist to analyze their asshole tendencies in this episode they ask am i an asshole for being a straight white male Released January 24th, 2018. In the episode description, it says, Women's marches, Black Lives Matter, gay rights. Are straight white dudes just hanging out, waving their privileged dicks around, or do they actually want to help? Let's ask special guest and comedian Jono Zillay and our therapist Jen. Disclaimer, Am I an Asshole is for entertainment purposes only and is not suitable for actual therapeutic advice. Real clip. I also have another question. Do you feel like you can't say anything? Like, Do you feel a little bit like you're like you can't really have an opinion on anything right now. Cause right. that's what Nick was talking about. He's like, I feel like every time I say something, they're uh, like, you don't have a, you know, you, I feel like I, I have to disclaim it with like, 
as a person with this privilege, I would like to acknowledge the other people's hardships or whatever. And and it certainly has to come with that. Otherwise, you do feel like very, it feels disingenuous or whatever. And also like that, that, that you fall into this trap of like the people that, that yell the loudest for the rights of others who are these straight white men often turn out to be like predatory monsters themselves. <laughs> and you're like, and like, it impugns their motives. It's like the most like feminist men are sometimes, not always, there's also shitty people on this side, of course, or everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. just like within all like halls of thing. Like it's a non, non-partisan, non-whatever thing that everyone, every man is, can be a monster. Isn't yeah. necessarily, I mean, and, and obviously, but can be. Women can be monsters. I mean, like yeah. my friend was talking about how at the, at the actual March yesterday, like people were bumping into her and she has a baby and she was like, fuck <laughs> but like you know we're all thinking like yeah we're here to like women and then someone's like still being an asshole like you can right. still be an asshole oh it's equality <laughs> yeah there are uh, i would say the same number of asshole women oh yeah as Thank, men i'm glad you know yeah equal mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for talking about equality no but I, yeah i think dare to dream that women can be as big of assholes as men yeah i, I mean but i wonder you know if it's possible that anyone will ever feel the way that like you feel because you don't know how I feel and I don't know how right. you know because it's hard to be like how does it feel to yeah. have privilege right because I, I, there's certain privileges I would have never even known about had they not been pointed out to me and mm-hmm. and like I've come to learn more about them that like you know like e- even like just never feeling unsafe walking around late at night it's just like wow I, I've never had to think about that once booking comedy that, like trips like uh, when I'm going on the road or whatever I can just travel by myself sleep in a bus station in kentucky just because like for a few hours waiting for a bus because like there's no one that's gonna fuck with me i'm six foot three and i usually have a mustache and i've never (laughs) been in a fight in my life because yeah because no one starts fights with me (laughs) so why does that make you an ass like what is it it's just like help me understand that because i've been living this like privileged life without necessarily paying it forward like mm-hmm. I, I feel so like I. So, what prevents you? What prevents you from paying it forward? You're, you're obviously aware of it, right? Which is good. I don't think, like, yeah, so a lot what? Of guys aren't. Right. Um. And then, like, hopefully, they will become aware. But, like, I, I guess, like, that's what I'm trying to start it to do now. I guess is like being more aware mm-hmm. of it, and then hoping to like bring about change. Like doing doing these dumb fundraisers to help the ACLU. I don't, like. Mm. I would never have necessarily thought to do that other than like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm acknowledging that ev- not everyone has it as easy as me and I'm not working hard to mm-hmm. help anyone. And like just like that, you know, sort of laziness that I've I guess it's the laziness, I guess, mm-hmm. is what I feel the most guilty about is like I could have been working so much harder at everything and helping oh. more people. But I just because I have such an easy life, I just get to lay around and sleep in and, and make dumb jokes. <laughs> Are you ever threatened at all that the, that might be taken away? That's from what I was going to ask. You probably yeah, never will. No, probably. I mean, like other than like the b- global war threat, <laughs> right? Like other than the potential, no, like yeah. having the unstable president we have, mm-hmm. and like global war looms. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like even like the the opportunities that like I don't get at. Like it, because you know, comedy is just mm-hmm. like they're pri- they're prioritizing diversity mm-hmm. in both women and mm-hmm. race, and it's like I I look at that and acknowledge it as like yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Who who of course we why we we should like have to fight harder to get you know our recognition and whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, yeah, because then before you just kind of had it that you kind of being a white man just would you yeah know, there was get, a there was a yeah. pipeline right. of just like yeah we get all the jobs and we get on right. all the spots we get everything and then now that they're not as available and we have to like clamor harder for those ones it's like yeah whatever yeah like <laughs> it's it's not it's it make it does make it harder which whatever right. but like yeah. if i'm not if i'm if i am to not be lazy i should work harder and be that better Right, because that will make you better by having to work harder to get mm-hmm. what you want. You can follow host Rosie Guarino on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Goo, that is R-O-S-I-E-G-U, and Jackie Viscusi at J-A-C-K-I-E-V-I-S-C-U-S-I. And you can learn more about Jono Zalay's privilege at J-O-N-O-Z-A-L-A-Y dot com. This episode of Suckatash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumpPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com. Yes, TrumpPoetry.com. The two selections I've made are from early September of 2018. The first one is from September 7th, 2018, number 867. This drama playing out in real time, in daily unexpected episodes, inflammatory words and secret codes. Is this an entertainment or a crime? A scathing book, an unsigned op-ed treason, a hearing where we're told the fix is in? Evasive answers cloak unspoken sin, a president beyond both rhyme and reason. As accusations fly, so does denial. As those who seek the truth are truly vexed, refresh the scene to see what happens next, this age of our democracy on trial. A gift to all the protest votes for him who has no guiding force but petty whim. And from September 6th of 2018, number 868. The list of suspects is growing, yet nary among us is known. The leaker's true name, but I'll lay the blame, at the feet of Sasha Baron Cohen. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, with the summer winding down and the days getting shorter, it's a sure sign that it's back to school time. While kids might be grumbling that their fun is about to end, they can still be having a great time when they hit those hallowed halls in their new Hendersons back to school pants. Far from being too cool for school, Hendersons back to school pants are just right regardless of whether your offspring is star of the football team or a wimpy loser who gets beaten up by the bike racks every day after class. <laughs> On the advice of counsel, Henderson's Pants wants to assure listeners of this program that we do not tolerate nor support bullying in our nation's schools or playgrounds. The childhood spectrum illustrated in this commercial message is not intended to denigrate or mock those children who might be seen as being of lesser ability or popularity than other more desirable young people. We invite opposing views to contact the management of Henderson's Pants via this program. We now return to the commercial, already in progress. Bill? Thank you, Joe. Originally designed for private school, public school, and that school of hard 
hard knocks. Henderson's Back to School Pants can be found in the aisles next to peachy folders, pencil boxes, and small caliber firearms wherever back to school supplies are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of knickers and knee pants since 1917. And now back to Succotash. Coming in at number four, it's Comedy Pop-Up Podcast by Comedy Pop-Up Podcast Network. Its description reads, live from CPO Studios in beautiful Los Angeles. This is the official podcast of Comedy Pop-Up, hosted by comedian Ron G. Join us as we interview some of the top comics in the business and create another outlet for some of the best in the industry. This clip is from episode 42, featuring Brent Sullivan and Vinny Fazline, released September 3rd, 2018. And on this episode, guest host Paul Antonio... Welcomes comedians Brent Sullivan and Vinny Fazline to touch on some real issues and highlight their comedy careers up to that point. Well, speaking of Twitter, there's been a lot of... Uh, that being said, uh, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <Exactly. or anything>. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brent Sullivan on Instagram. In case you want to see Brent in Hemet, please let's get, <laughs> let's get that momentum going towards that show. Um, but you've seen a lot of like baseball players get in trouble recently for like tweets that they sent out. But not recently. This is like tweets from like 10 years ago, 12 yeah. years ago, 14 years do you guys think that people should be held accountable for stuff that they sent out? And let's put it in this context, maybe when they were like 16 or 17. Well, this for, this is something I'm is so, I think, relevant to our industry, and it really pisses me off. And I think the left is much more guilty, and of course I'm a lefty, but mm-hmm. much more guilty about this than the right. But you are – I feel like the trend has become you are only as good as your worst moment. So mm-hmm. – I'm excluding sexual assault, obviously, from that. You can, yeah. you, you're a monster if you're a rapist. But like, if you tweet something bad, if you say a shitty thing 10 years ago, I, I think it's reasonable to assume that you can grow from that moment. I've said shitty things before. I, I've always thought I'm running for Senate at some point, so I don't put them online. But like, I've always been like cautious about what I put. But like, yeah. I've, no one has not said shitty things. And it's also the pinnacle of tyranny when people – will try to get someone fired for saying a bad thing. Let's say someone some dumbass 16-year-old said something shitty 10 years ago about gay people or something. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, fuck that. It sucks, but like maybe they changed their mind uh-huh. or maybe it doesn't matter what a 16-year-old tweets about gay people. And like quit trying to get everyone fired for being assholes, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's just like this t- terrifying trend, especially in comedy where you want to like there's, there is some nuance to like – I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but it, occasionally I'm sure I've done it. And like that doesn't mean in five years from now I should be fired from my job. Exactly. So so dumb. Exactly. Do you think it's ever going to uh, enter like – You're going to say something? Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say – no, that's all right. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, – I mean I guess it's uh, – it just depends on like what would happen or what was said to to the caliber of it. It's – I mean dude, we live in a sensitive world. It's like – that's why I, I've ne- I've always been cautious about offending people. Some people mm-hmm. don't care, but mm-hmm. some people are just like some, a lot of comics. Comics are pretty honest. We're honest. That's yeah. why we're comics, right? Um, so I think a lot of it, you know, <clears throat> is the fact that we just say all this outlandish shit that a lot of people wouldn't say, and then we, yeah. you know, get in trouble for it. But right. I mean, it depends. I mean, it depends on you know what it was said. Some is it a statement or is it right. a joke? Right. You know? it, 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 uh, 
Yeah, but of even course, then, there's still even gray then, area right. here it's where like, you can. Yeah, I mean, it's like, dude, we all make mistakes. Right. But people, the fact that the people have so much time to go back and be like, all right, in '93, I know when you were in Ohio, you said, yeah, you wrote, you, said, you wrote this on a bathroom wall or some shit. It's like church wall. Come on, you're like, dude. I mean, I was yeah. seven. What like, was said? What were the? What were the? Uh, it was pretty horrendous stuff. Right. Well, but it was also uh, like. What was it? What we? Uh, well, these are these the baseball player. Oh, the baseball but, ones. But well, they're like, they're athletes, so we know they're degenerates. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right? so we also sure. know they're not joking. Like they're, whatever they're saying is like <laughs> yeah, nothing uh-huh. funny about it. It's just <laughs> yeah, but but even if it's like so, but I mean, it's typical like sixteen year old, seventeen year old, like and you don't want to dismiss it and Would be like it racist doesn't stuff? racist stuff, homophobic stuff. Yeah, you know, they right. went they went all in, but at the same time, it's like. If they've grown from that, you yeah. know, it's it's kind of like let it leave, leave it in the past. Yeah. yeah. Also, why don't you when you sign your contract, why don't you hire someone to delete all your tweets? They do that like, in corporate I, jobs. Yeah, I have friends who just did it. Re- like a bunch of friends who've done it recently. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, just Dude, delete I, your shit. If I sign tweets. a contract, a big, big one, I'm deleting Twitter. I pretty yes. much already don't. I think I might have already deleted it. Dude, I yeah. never go on. Do you want to read yeah. one of them? Were you going to look it up? Uh, yeah, I could I could definitely read one. Uh, that's uh, kind of sensitive. I'll put a marker so I could edit this. Yeah. In post. I'll read Josh Hayes. I think your phone just buzzed. I'm Is that je- mine? I was jealous. Really? It's, I feel like someone's did because mine's on silent. Uh, All right. Maybe not. Do you ever get that like weird ghost? You think your phone, you you know your phone just vibrated and then you look and it didn't. Yeah, you're just you're like, what the fuck is going on? With it's you? just, uh, it's called being lonely. I look yeah. down, I'm like, I did so much text me. <laughs> I know. Nobody. Uh, is there anything worse than landing after like a five hour flight and you've got no texts? <laughs> <laughs> How is you don't use your phone for like a whole day because it's your birthday? <laughs> no, I just oh, man. We get it, Vinny. You're loved. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares about uh, me. We get it. Uh, let me see. Nobody's actually posting it. They were mm. pretty horrendous. Uh, oh, one just yeah, straight up said, I hate gay people. Yeah. Uh, one said, uh, let's see, use the N word allusion to white power next to the emoji of a closed fist. Yeah. Um, well, that's it's yeah. definitely weird, but it yeah. is weird tweets, but also yeah, was- the, by, by any objective measure, they're offensive, but I also, you know, I, I just, I think it's an inconsistent standard. If, if you, if, if you can be fired for at any point being an asshole, then anyone can look into your past mm-hmm. and probably find something oh yeah or they can interview you your friends and family and find out something you said at one point in your life mm-hmm. and get you in trouble for it yeah. Uh-huh. yeah but because the you know the millions of people who sign these go you know these uh change.org petitions or whatever to get whatever dumbass baseball player fired mm-hmm. they they're not famous they don't have yeah. a big contract and so of course no one would care about what this guy said in high school when he was you know in yeah northern minnesota yeah. yeah so it's it's just it's a i think a double it's a double standard in that sense you can follow comedy pop-up at comedy pop-up c-o-m-e-d-y-p-o-p-u-p and c-p-u podcast that is c-p-u-p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s for more information about upcoming shows and their podcast network which is at www.comedypopupla.com and on facebook they are facebook.com forward slash comedy pop-up L-A. Want to ask Comedy Pop-Up a question or share a story or leave a comment? Send an email to ComedyPopUp at gmail.com. Coming in at number five, The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock by Radio.com. 
So what this basically is, is a radio program on K-Rock that has been archived into podcast form. Its description reads, Bits and Segments from the Kevin and Bean Show. This clip is from Friday, August 24th, with guest frequently clipped on Succotash, Bert Kreischer, released August 24th, 2018. And in the description for the entire episode, it says, Open. What's happening? Afroline. Bean makes us guess. Extreme commuting. What's happening? Bert Kreischer in studio. Keep it 100. What's happening? I, I, I don't know how, what to make of that. I assume long-time listeners will understand all of that. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that our get, next guest, who's in the studio right now, Bert Kreischer, is the most famous person that has ever come out of the state of Wyoming. Ladies and gentlemen, the most famous person from Wyoming ever. Is that, you brought that up in research for this? Yes. Okay. Am I wrong, Bert? Yes. <laughs> I've never even been to Wyoming. <laughs> but it says here that you were born in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Is that Wikipedia? Were I don't know. Bo- Assistant producer Christine gave it to us. Where was, were you born? I was born in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> incredible that you're the most famous person <laughs> you can't trust from Wyoming you can't trust Wikipedia at all so my best friend or let me rephrase that the guy who's I'm his best friend is Tom Segura okay <laughs> all right yes of course and he's such he's an your idiot. challenge mate right Tom yeah exactly and so he does these like he's just an idiot and what he finds funny he finds funny one of the things he did one time was change my Wikipedia page entirely and they were like just so you know Bert's a big advocate for the game shirts versus skins <laughs> He's like, sometimes he spends his time digging holes and eating worms. Like, just. So, yeah, no, I've, I've never even been to Wyoming. So, that's so, an amazing so stat, So, it's, it's Tom. It's Tom did this then, right? He's the one who came up with he's it. He's an idiot. You know, my By spe- the way, he's a genius if he came up with that. Uh, no, he's an idiot. Let me tell you something. Both. He just, my special came out, comes out today. Right now. Yes, streaming congratulations. Right now on Netflix. Secret time. Secret time on Netflix. Check it out. Tom, uh paid his own money to get his own promos animated. He paid his own money okay. to make promos of just making fun of me and just and, and put them all online. So it's a cartoon character of me just eating tons of food, shirtless, breasty, what? murdering Tito's, and then burping out the name Burnt Chrysler. <laughs> He's doing good work as far as I'm concerned. He did he did more work promoting my special than he did his because he loves to make fun of me. Why is he so obsessed with you? And why are you his best friend, but he's not your best friend? That was an odd distinction. I didn't notice that. Yes. I'm older than him. That's how that works. When you're the older guy is the you are their best friend. I oh, see. Okay. He's not yours. I can't be his best friend. I'm Joe Rogan's best friend. I got <laughs> Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, this special, uh, Burt Crusher Secret Time, as you mentioned, available now on Netflix. And we've all seen it uh, because we were excited about it. And, and it, it's fantastic. It is, and it, it's you. fantastic. Was there any fear, either from you or from the people around you or maybe even at Netflix, that, Bert, you're a party guy and you're growing up now. Are you going to lose your edge here? I got to be dead honest with you. I was totally afraid of that. Like I was, because I, I was like, you don't know how people perceive you, and I think people perceive me as just some big drunk who takes his shirt off and kills, like a grown-up Frank the Tank. You know, uh, it's true. <laughs> and, and That's I, probably I, pretty accurate. And I don't really even live that life as much as I mean, I drink, I party, I probably party more than the average person. I drink on planes to the point where you get cut off. But like, <laughs> but you're married, you keep your kids alive. I mean, you're somewhat responsible. Exactly. But I think I got this great review in Forbes magazine, and they're like, Bert can last middle-agedness, and I was like. That's right, but you can't because you can't help what you write about. And I just write about my stupid kids and my wife, right? And that's it. And so, 
And then, and, 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 you know, it's hard to top the machine story. It's hard to do a special and do a better story than the machine story. That's my opus. I'll right, never sure. do better than that. But right. you do come out and you say, I'm a terrible parent. I'm <laughs> a horrible parent. <laughs> I'm a horrible parent. And that's perfectly, uh, that makes sense that's for on you, brand. especially. Yes, it's on brand very much. Oh, I'm a, like, I, but my favorite joke out of the whole special is when we were kids, there was this kid who all the time my parents would be like, oh, my gosh. Amy Bennett's mom was drunk, dropped her off at school the other day. And I remember as a kid being like, whoa, how does that happen? And then you become a parent, you're like, oh, I know how that happens. <laughs> I've been there. There are parents right now listening to this going, yeah, if I got pulled over, I get a DUI. <laughs> oh, yeah. No questions asked. Your wife is willing to pick up the slack, though, and be a super parent, it sounds like. God bless her. Right? I mean, she, first she... of all, God bless her for marrying you. Well, uh-huh. yeah, of course. Right? Let alone then taking most of the parenting. Thank God. I mean, I'm not pretty naked. Like, if you looked at me naked, I, it looks like I'm still wearing a belt. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like I outgrew my junk. Like, it just doesn't fit. She, she just, she, thank God, whatever, whatever her parents did to mess her up, thank God. And but, how does she put up with your craziness? Are you anywhere near as crazy at home? Because yeah. I would think that would get tiring. Uh, yeah, I think I'm probably crazier. Like I, the really crazy things I don't share. Like the like the like the parts where you're like like we just fought on the car ride over because I'm I'm doing Conan on Monday and I wanted to email these two bits, but I left my computer at home. Right. And I was like, oh. And I just called her and I was like, hey, can you get on my computer and email something? She's like, hold on, I'm icing my back. Immediately, anyone who's icing their back will not be good at operating electronics. <laughs> and, and next thing you know, we, my 70-year-old Russian driver is listening to me. She's like, okay, I'm in your computer. There's just stuff all over the place. And I'm like, what? There's just stuff all over. The, and then like a picture of me and you. I go, okay, that's my desktop. All right. All right. All right. It's a good right. start. Yeah. She's like, wait, you have a picture. Well, who, why did you use this picture? I'm like, stop that. We just need to send an email. And stay I, on target. Yeah, stay on target. And I was like, just go to email. She goes, I don't know where your emails are. I go, it's the same computer you have. We bought the same damn computer. Oh, we just, it was knockdown drag out. And my drivers listened to this laughing hysterically. But I would never. I guess I just did share that. Sure, I want. A, I want a full time camera on the Kreischer household. You can find Kevin and Bean on Twitter at k e v i n a n d b e a n. Bert Kreischer at b e r t k r e i s c h e r. And you can go to bertbertbert.com to buy his book Life of the Party and to find out his dates and deets. And finally tonight, it's Hello from the Magic Tavern by Earwolf and Arnie Nightcap. Description is, Arnie Nightcamp fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King into the fantastical land of Foon. He's still getting a slight Wi-Fi signal, so he uploads a weekly podcast from the tavern, The Vermilion Minotaur, where he interviews wizards, monsters, and adventurers. It's a major discovery. This clip goes deep, deep into the archive, into episode number two, entitled Tom the Traveler. It was released March 13th, 2015. I thought I'd go back that far in time in case people wanted to jump in at the beginning, which, as the episodes are fairly short and manageable, should be easy to catch up in a short amount of time if you do decide that you really enjoy this podcast, which you may. The description for this particular episode says, This week, a new guest joins Chunt, Usador, and I in the Vermilion Minotaur, a common, dirty traveler named Tom. I'm hoping to hear what life outside Hogface is like for someone who has traveled across Foon. Hey, welcome back to the Magic Tavern. I'm still with my guest Chunt, the Talking Badger, Usador the Wizard, and Tom, the Traveler, who seems 
I'm just going to put it out there, who seems a little suspicious. Just Tom, the Traveler. Yes, of course, Tom, the Traveler. Nothing suspicious about that, is there? Perhaps you know me better as Gatsmuenus Maystar, as I am known in the northeast regions of this land that you claim to not be from. Gatsmuenus? Yes. What are you doing here? Uh, well, I travel all over this world trying to gather people to defeat the Dark Lord for our quest. It's the most important thing that has ever happened in Foon. But I know you. I look into your eyes. And you I cannot tell my father that soul. I am here. Ah, uh, your father? Your father, Albane? Yes? I don't know why I gasped. I don't know who that is. Yes. My... My father is Albane Belleroth, King Albane of the Northeast. You see here before you Tomblane Belleroth, the very prince of that land, yes. No longer. I am an artist now. I am the artist that was formerly known as Prince. Does that does that make your mom Titania? Yes, my oh mom is my Queen God. Titania. Oh. You? The mead bags on Titania. Really? Please. Oh, my God. Her, her bosom is well known throughout the realm, yes. Ah, wow. The way you're describing this, you know, uh, from my world, if, if you hear about an especially attractive woman, we have ways of immediately conjuring up an image of them so you can be like, wow, that is exactly what that woman looks like. But you want me to conjure an image of her? Yeah. I shall need the blood of a goat. I shall don't, no, don't conjure don't, anything don't, to do with my mom. Don't kill a goat. I've run away from the Northeast. I don't want to be king. I don't want to join all this crazy sword fighting. I need a goat. I just want to be a regular person. Arnor. It's, it's Arnie. Arnor, have you ever been in love with someone that you couldn't have? I mean, I've been in love. And you couldn't have her? I mean, there was a brief time when I couldn't have her. And then I guess, yes, I have been in love with women that weren't interested in me back, so I guess that's a very... I am a prince, and I am meant to wed a princess. But my eyes of love fell upon a milkmaid, Rhiannon. Rhiannon? Yes, Arnor. She moved like a bell in the night, but who would be her lover? <laughs> Drain the blood from its neck. And then say the words, Carol Talke, Fishianier. There's an image of Titania. Oh, oh yeah. yes, 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 yes. Holy cow. She's older than that now. Yeah, and yes, but still, she's keeping it together. My father forbade me to wed Rhiannon, so I packed up and left. I don't want to be a prince anymore. Tom, I realize that the weight of your station does weigh heavily upon you, but this is a critical time. For you to leave your station means great doom, and it means that the Dark Master has an opportunity to take over where he may not. You are needed in your post. Take your love. Take her back with you. Demand to marry her and let her become one of the one of the highborn such as you. Take her into your world. We would have to change all the rules. My father is steadfast in his support of the old ways. Don't you see? That's why the Dark Lord gains power. It's when we deny our love. Uh, yes, love is 
is a great power that can overcome great evil. Everyone knows that it's, it's a bit of a cliche, actually. Uh, you, Arnold. Mm-hmm. Arnie. I prefer Arnie. You mentioned that you had a great love as well. What was her name, Arnold? Or his... Yes, we don't judge here. No, I no, which would be totally fine. Was it a shark? <laughs> it was not a shark. No, it was not a shark. I'm actually, and this is, uh, you know, I don't want to dwell on it too much because I want this show to be sort of light and informative and interesting. But you know, I'm married. You know, I have a, I have a wife. I have a wife and child back in Chicago, and uh, I haven't seen them for a full week, and I've had no word on how they're doing. Um, most likely moved on. I mean, it seems unlikely. I mean, you brought yourself here to escape the bonds of marriage. I am not intentionally here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to gather information about your world. Um, But you know, I'm very unhappy. I mean, I'm sad about not being with my family. So we are the same. We've both fled our life because of the walls that are placed around it. I just want to be very clear that I did not flee. Uh, uh, Sarah, uh, if you're listening to this, back in my world, I am not intentionally gone. I'm sure that you are really uh, worried that that you haven't heard from me. Wait a minute. You have the opportunity to communicate with her, and you've just been talking to us, and this is the first time you've said anything to her. No, well, she she can hear. I'm doing it. This is a kind of important work. No one in my world knows that this world exists. It's okay to run away, Arnor. You must have created this rift with your mind. I don't think my mind can do that. <laughs> you can reach Hello from the Magic Tavern on Twitter at Magic Tavern, M-A-G-I-C-T-A-V-E-R-N, and you can go to www.hellofromthemagictavern.com. Right? Right. And rounding out the evening is our second burst of durst from September 21st, 2018. It's called GOP War on Women in which our intrepid correspondent gets in touch with his distaff side and is repulsed by the GOP. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court confirmation process, which is stumbling forward like a ten-year-old pushing a marble pedestal twice his size up a four-story stairwell. You could say that the allegations that Kavanaugh attacked a drunken 15-year-old girl back in high school have sort of gummed up the proceedings. You could also say that blue meat should not be eaten raw. One of the big problems Republican members of the Senate Judiciary Committee are running into is the optics. All 11 members are white males. Not just white, but bordering on translucent. So they're looking to hire someone, probably a female, to ask their questions should the good doctor agree to testify a stunt senator. The conservative stance has been, uh, fluid, morphing from it didn't happen to it might have happened but it wasn't that bad to okay, maybe it happened and was pretty bad but it's way too late to do anything about it. What's next? Don't worry, he'll be fine ruling on cases from his prison cell. Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley seems to be in a hell of a hurry to get Kavanaugh on his lifetime appointment to the highest court of the land by the first Monday of October when the new court convenes. And he's refusing to investigate the claims and throwing up arbitrarily imposed deadlines to further harass the person who claims to have been harassed. One reason is Kavanaugh's polling has started to sink so low, only the newest high-tech spelunking gear could detect it through sonar. Six weeks before the midterm election, and the GOP has taken dead aim on women. 
Good move. Someone needs to tell these white guys that the 19th Amendment gave women the vote a couple of years ago. 99 to be exact. Hopefully, next year's Centennial Party will have a kickoff this November 6th. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. You can find Will Durst on Facebook. You can go to willdurst.com or his Will Durst Journal, which is comedy for people who read or know someone who does. And you can follow him on Twitter at W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T. And there you have it. September is nearly over and Halloween is just around the corner. In fact, if you would like a head start on Halloween, why not pick up one or more edition of Combat Radio Halloween The Album, available from CD Baby. You can pick them up by going to store.cdbaby.com, typing Combat Radio into the search field, and clicking on any of the album icons adorned with very distinct shades of black with yellow lettering. If the image of the headless horseman holding aloft a flaming pumpkin to presumably hurl at some poor soul is enough of a tip-off that you're in the right place, the white skull peering from behind the red shield with the black cross that is Combat Radio's logo should be a dead giveaway. If you'd like specifically to buy this year's edition, this year being 2018, you can go specifically to store.cdbaby.com forward slash cd forward slash Combat Radio 8. That's C-O-M-B-A-T-R-A-D-I-O and the numeral 8. The funds generated by album sales go to benefit social services, homeless children, and other causes that have been adopted by the central figure of Combat Radio, Ethan Duttenmeyer. I would also recommend checking out a track called The Haunted Tour from the third annual Combat Radio Halloween The Album because it's something yours truly put together with the assistance of my co-host from Anti-Social Show, Hunter Block, and we're frankly pleased with the way it turned out. So, until next time, I bid you a fond farewell, and thank you for spending some of your time with us here at Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. I hope it was entertaining and informative, and I hope that if you did enjoy yourself here, you might find the time to tell others about this program so that it might assist them in their own personal I'd like to listen to a comedy soundcast, but I'm not sure where to start journey. That, after all, is the simplest way you could grant our most humble of requests that can be summed up in the four words, please pass the succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Donder, on Blitzen, on iHeartRadio, and on... <laughs> a laughable app. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at TysonSaner at SuccotashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll or call number 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us by using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, hosted by Tyson Saner. Our executive producer is Mark Hershon. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.